Patriots. You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You talking about Rasool? Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, aka Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Packers podcast, go pack, go. Good night, man. I'm so excited. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rams Packers Podcast, the Rome Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Todd. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, and welcome to our training camp preview episode. We are, got the summer already, like July, just cruising through. Really? And yeah, we're, it's the 18th we're recording on. Holy crap. Yeah, and coming out the 19th, a week from the 19th will be the first day of training camp. One of the best days of summer, you know, trying to, you know, while you're working, pull your phone out and get some training camp updates from all the beat reporters at practice, like Bill Huber and Jason Wilde and those guys. But uh, training camp starting up, are you excited to finally get get to see those tweets on your timeline? It's funny. I literally was going to bring up Twitter because Twitter during training camp is amazing. Yes. Um, it's one of my favorite times of the year, but I will say that have you noticed that it on your, like you have the two tabs on Twitter. Yep. Now there's the for you and yep. the following. I don't no. like that. I liked it more when it was just well, one they, feed. They, they you did know what have I mean? it before too, before Elon took it over. And back then the for you was terrible. It was just like news stories that no one True. really cares. You about. didn't even yeah. use it. Yep. But now it's like, it's only who I'm following. So I don't see like, any of the like outside of mine's, what like because there's some people I'm that, not gonna sure, follow. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I don't know. Point aside, Twitter during training camp, A plus. I mean, that's where you get your yep. information. It's a lot of fun. There's all the the it's the most exciting time. Yes. So. I well, I thought you were gonna get into this. I would say this month before training camp is the worst time, the absolute worst time. Cause this is when you get the like sure PFF posting. This is going to be the Vikings offense next year. Who's stopping that? And then it's like we get into the Madden <laughs> ratings and it's like who gives it. That's, That's where we're at now. Literally where we're at now. It's the whole how valuable is a running back type deal. You know, it's just always a rotation. Oh. And then these Twitter accounts, some of these Twitter, it's just, you know, they, you got to get them interactions every day. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, God, what was it today? Uh, that one Packers daily account. I'm sure the guy's a nice guy or whatever, but it's like, Justin Fields said he's a top five rushing quarterback ever. And then he posts a video of like him fumbling. It's like he fumbled twice last year. I, I was curious. So I looked it up. He fumbled twice or lost two fumbles last year. And he ran for like 1,100 yards, the second most all time. It's like he's we, he ran for 1,100 right? yards. Yeah, he was he was like a, he was a top five for sure. Top 10 rusher last year, including running wow. backs. And it's like we can make Jeez. fun of the Bears, but we can throw him a bone for at least their quarterback can run. He can't throw worth the shit, but we can let them have that stupid rushing quarterback deal. Yeah, holy crap. I did not realize. I mean, yeah, no, that's a good, it, yeah. It, I wouldn't hate on him for that. It's still odd that Fields must have been asked about it, and he said that he's a top five mm. running quarterback all the time. That's kind of douchey, but he isn't wrong at the same time. 
for sure is not that's not a humble thing to say yeah yeah so. i don't know if you said for sure or what but either way we're in the real important stuff of the off season but mm-hmm. week away training camp and since we're so close this episode we will start off our training camp preview look at all the position groups and name just about everyone on the roster talk about training camp battles other things that we're looking forward to uh other than that not too much else we're going to talk about very important see now this is i just you know made fun of whoever for content in the offseason we're going to talk about the history of the g briefly the packers g pretty fun story with uh vince lombardi and stuff and then we will also finish off i you know it wouldn't be a packer episode without talking about aaron Rodgers. so thoughts on uh (laughs) hard knocks covering the jets this year so we'll see either way i think that'll be interesting but Kicking things off, we're going to start with the defense. Starting things off, safeties. Safeties. Probably, I mean, I'm going to say everything's interesting this year because it is. this is going to be the most weird, interesting. There's so much up in the air for this Packers season compared to any other one that we've been alive. And, you know, we're in our early 30s. And safety, I mean, most of these guys you could almost make an argument that they might be a starter or they could get cut. Like some it's all over the place. So Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, Tavarius Moore, Anthony Johnson Jr., the seventh round pick out of Iowa State, Dallin Levitt, who primarily played special teams last year, Enos Gaines, who's been a training camp name we've heard quite a bit the last few years, and then Benny Saf the third, who's father once again we're getting into this being old his father played for the vikings 15 years ago or so he was a safety um but yes either way like i mean like i said like jonathan owens he could start week one he could get cut before the season wouldn't shock me darnell savage and rudy ford are about the only two that are guarantees but to various more he played for the niners the last few years and did play quite a few games um, but he's, you know, a one-year deal. Anthony Johnson Jr., the seventh-round pick. Jonathan Owens, like I mentioned, he played for the Texans primarily and apparently looked pretty good at the end of last year. I obviously haven't watched a lot of Jonathan Owens' tape, but Todd, what are your thoughts on the safety position? I feel like we usually have at least one safety where we're like, hey, I feel good. I feel good going to the season at least on on one half of the field being like, okay, We've always got mm-hmm. somebody solid, you know, whether it's Amos or back when Haha was solid or you know right. things like that. It's always one Morgan Burnett. Yeah. Well, like awesome. I was gonna say, Morgan Burnett is just the definition of solid. Solid. He is a C. Yes. <laughs> you know, C, C, plus. C plus. Yeah. Yeah. This year, it's just like there's a lot of guys that you could be like you could make the case for, especially like training camp wise that you they're gonna show up in training camp, whatever and in in shorts right mm-hmm. feel good about that but then it's like i just I, it's it's the worst this position has looked going into training camp in a long time i mean well i, I, I don't could know say depth wise right but you can only put two guys on the field yes at a time. yes so we really don't have we don't have a veteran i mean there's some guys who have some playing time but like you don't have that veteran guy who's solid and proven <clears throat> Right. You got a lot of guys. I mean, Savage got benched last year. I mean, but there's some but guys with a, a lot of promise. But but if you if you talk to LaFleur, the benching thing's actually a positive now, and he's just of turned course. a new leaf, and he's just yeah. he's so much better in the meeting room now and all this stuff, and it's like, Matt, you 
you literally benched him. You demoted him to the nickel guy, and then you demoted him to the dime guy after that, and then you like benched <laughs> him for a bit. Like you, we barely saw him, and now he's kind of you know penned in, penciled in to be that starter, probably one of them. Week one, either way, the worst part um, about him is you know he had that uh, uh, fifth year option picked up last year, so he's getting eight million dollars no matter what. So if nothing else, they're gonna have to find a role for him. Because, you know, you're paying him that much money last year. And either way, I mean, you want to play the best player. But, like, last year was the last year of his rookie deal. Not like that comes into play. But you got to find, you got to at least find out first he can't play before going into the season, assuming he won't. And I think there's a role for him. I'm not, it's not like yeah. I, I'm totally down on Darnell or anything like that because I'm not. I think there's a role for him. I think we saw him have success in the slot. You know, I think we saw him have yeah. success doing certain things. But you take Adrian Amos out of the mix, and it's like now, yeah. I mean, now somebody's got to go back there and play safety. There's no, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's tough to imagine, you know, kind of what that's going to look like, and a little fearful. There's a lot of speedy wideouts out there, and yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see it. You know, if this could be one of those groups at the end of the season where we, you know, there there are those seasons on the offensive line where you have like 11 different combinations. I wonder if that kind of happens for most snaps at the safety position. Hopefully not, especially in the secondary, you would hope guys on the back end kind of find their spot and sit there just for the communication aspect, Mm -hmm. which always seems to be an issue for this team. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Still looking forward to seeing if Anthony Johnson Jr. shows up in training camp. He was probably my favorite story coming out of, out of the draft. Um, moving on, sticking the secondary corners, we have obviously one Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Eric Stokes, Shamir Jean Charles, the middle round pick from two years ago, I believe, Corey Ballantyne, who was an undrafted guy who played some snaps for us last year, Carrington Valentine, who was one of our draft picks this year, Keandre Thomas, who was on the practice squad a good chunk of last year, and I believe he played pretty well during training camp last year. Carol Ford, who is a one-year player out of the University of Waterloo, which is in Canada. And then oh. William Hooper, who has a cool last name. He's an undrafted guy who's I would assume will be out the first round of uh, cuts. But sure. corner, pretty good-looking group, I think, overall. You know, maybe a little top-heavy. It'll be, you know, obviously the big question mark going into this year at that cornerback position is Eric Stokes. He's still coming back from... That injury he had last year where apparently, God, it was two things. I think it was his ankle and hamstring or ankle and foot. or it was, I think it was ankle and foot. It was two really bad things right in a row. So he's still recovering from that. I would assume right now he's going to start the year on the PUP, but who knows. But either way, the one thing we kind of found out at that corner position is we have three good corners in Jair Douglas and Eric Stokes, but none of them can play in the slot. So to start the year, it's going to be, it's looking like it's going to be Jair and Rizul outside and then Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. So once we get to Stokes being healthy, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they rotate him in and what they're going to do there. Cause this is his third year next year. He'll be in a contract year unless they pick up that fifth year option, which I guess they'll they'll have to do at the end of the season. Yeah. So that'll be very interesting to see. But thoughts on corner here, Todd? I think I feel, I mean, I feel okay about it. Um, I guess I'm not super high up on, on the way that 
I don't know. I, I, I think a little bit of it too, like with Douglas, the way that he plays, it's so hot and cold. You know, he's not super consistent, but when he's hot, he's hot. And like, he does make yep. plays on the ball. So I love that. Yep. And then you look at like, st- I mean, obviously, so I'm looking past Jay here just because he's great. I don't really think we need to talk about him. Right. Stokes then on the other hand is just like, I don't know. It's like, gives me the vibes of like a, I'm trying to remember um, big guy, tall guy, Kevin played King. press corner, went to Devon house. He gives me like Devon oh. house vibes. Yeah. Where it's like, kind of like, He's fat. He's more athletic than Devon House. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe like not like a, a pure like a, a press corner, but just like gives me those vibes of like just like never getting there of like seems like he's got it. He has some the, tools. The, and this you're is like, the year. Yeah. He's like the this is the year every year, but it's never the year. It's like yeah. th- that a little bit, but like I do like him. He's fast, he's athletic. I think that saves him sometimes. Um, but it, it does scare me a little bit. You know, if he's outside and we don't have a safety with a lot of experience over the top of him, like that seems sure. like a little bit of a scary combo. Yeah. So I don't know where I feel less that way. Obviously, even Jay, you're playing as aggressive as he does, like his recovery skills. I mean, even when he goes rogue, his recovery <laughs> is so good. that right. It just like doesn't worry me as much. And I do kind of feel like people are scared to throw at him a, a little bit, you know. Yep. So there's that. He's got that going for him, too. But. I mean, overall, I think I don't think we're in a horrible spot at corner. I think if I if I felt better about safety, I'd feel even better about the corners, if that makes right. sense. Wrap it it's, all together. It's one of those things, and I believe um I'll mention this when we talk about the outside linebackers too, but you'd feel better about the group if we had a different defensive coordinator. Because once again, we're going 100%. into the season and we know how these guys are dogs, as the kids say these days, and you know, they want to match up, man up on guys, and that's not really always what we do. So it's, I don't know, a little tough, but either way, interesting group. Like you said, Eric Stokes, um, Shamir, G- Shamir, I always say Shamir, <laughs> Shamar Jean yeah. Charles. This is a big year for him, too. He's never really done anything. This is his third season, I believe. I wonder if one, uh, Carrington Valentine, one is probably. That's one guy, one name that came up quite a bit during OTAs. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that going and really lock in that roster spot. But also, you know, I don't know if Charles is good enough. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, Thomas can continue his success from last year and kind of push one of those guys. We only kept five corners last year. So it'll be interesting to see who makes it. The only thing to talk about with Jair, obviously he's great all that. But we didn't have a chance to talk about this because he showed up to minicamp, not OTAs. But Jair gave up $700,000 to skip OTAs. That was in his contract. You know, if he shows up at $700,000 for reference, you know, NFL money here. Jack Coco, who was our long snapper last year, he made (laughs) $705,000 for playing all season. Jair could have almost made that just showing up for OTAs. So I thought that was pretty pretty funny that's would be nice you, you gotta think when they negotiate those contracts too that they're like you know you put that much money on it you're like yeah i'm gonna go to that like you want that if they were gonna just gonna pay him seven hundred thousand dollars less you could have an issue with that you know what i yeah. mean like that's all i mean you're getting close to a million dollars there but then when they have the money then it's like which i can understand right okay yeah. you get paid a bunch of money and then you're like Ah, do I he's, really he's still go? he's still the highest paid uh, corner in NFL history right now. Right, still is mm-hmm. nobody got paid yeah. this nope. off season. Nope, no one topped oh, wow. it since last year. Yeah, and so 
and Ramsey's making less because he signed right before Jair, huh? I I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Okay. He's I haven't paid attention. Oh, that's to impressive. That, but good for him. Inside linebacker. Moving on, uh, Quay Walker, obviously probably the first guy to talk about. Devondre Campbell, up and down here last year. Isaiah McDuffie, the late round pick from a few years ago. I believe mm-hmm. this is his third or fourth year. Eric Wilson, who primarily played special teams. And I don't remember if he mentioned this before in the podcast, but Tyree Carpenter, the seventh round pick, who was a safety last year, another primarily special teams guy. He did convert to inside linebacker. And apparently, I believe LaFleur said this about, I don't know, towards the end of the season, they were actually playing him at outside linebacker for a bit. So (laughs) he's kind of moved all over the place. Yeah, pretty wild that a dude who hasn't been in the NFL for a full year has played three different positions on defense. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably not a good thing, though. Uh, But he did play a lot of special team snaps, so it'll be interesting to see who uh you know real exciting stuff here you know who between eric wilson and tyree carpenter will make the roster as a special teams guy i wonder if both would make it again or what um but yeah we talked about a little bit before quay walker obviously kind of a weird rookie year but he did seem to get better as the season went on obviously the two ejections not very good but got two yeah. of the more weird not, not uh Obviously, you never want it to happen. You don't want to push a, med- a guy on the medical staff. But of correctable things, I feel like he really just kind of screwed up. Nothing, None of it was really all that malicious, and I'm sure he's corrected that. But uh, I think you look at it, too, as like it, the things he's getting. I'm trying to remember what the first one was. I remember the second one. It, the he, things pushed, he's, he pushed uh, someone on the sideline who didn't have pads on. It was actually a practice squad member during the telecast. They said it was like a coach. But it was a guy on the practice squad who like said something to him, and then he pushed him and got kicked out of the game. I think zero percent chance you you go to the you go back to the eighties, no chance he gets ejected for either of those. You go <laughs> yeah. back to the nineties, probably zero again. Two thousands, man, are you get ejected for that? No, probably yeah. not. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of more like a sign of the times for me. Like, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm just the things he's doing are not horrible things. It's no. just like, dude. Don't be an idiot. Like <laughs> we need you on the field. Like get back right. out there. Like I love the Quay Maker. He's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Like watching him run around on those, and when they put him in and have him run blitzes inside and stuff too, and the way he stuffs the run and the way I mean, I'm just remembering. I'm trying to remember who they were playing. Gets behind the line of scrimmage on goal line, tosses well, dudes. It's just like on, against the go. Lions last year before he got kicked out. He was playing really well and doing that off the edge as well. They had him, you know, they're actually moving him around. Yeah, he's fun to watch and he's fast and he's yeah, he's super fun. He's he's my favorite inside linebacker right now. Obviously, Devondre Campbell. But but I just think like the spark that Clay provides is a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's really exciting. Yes, I mean he is still that ball of clay, and if he can put it together, which I think he will, I think this is a he's, big. I think he's we'll find almost out, there. Right, I, like I don't. This isn't a make or break year for him, but I feel like if you know you're going to have an elite elite player, you kind yep. of find out during that second season. Sure, and I feel like that's going to happen at some point this year like you know we mentioned on the last episode too uh Robovich or Rovacek the uh outside linebacker coach when oh. asked about Quay Walker and if he, they're gonna right. be some more blitzing he just said 
yes or something like like he he gave nothing else so they it obviously was, have big plans for quay this year yes no that's definitely yeah i think the question was like how do you feel about about clay and blitzing and moving or moving around and he's like yes yes yeah i think that's what it was and once again like we kind of said and we'll see with outside linebackers as we did with the uh corners you'd be more excited if it wasn't joe perry calling the plays but anyways of course moving on outside linebacker a very exciting group um rashawn gary coming back from that acl i i feel like he's going to we talked a little bit about this before feel like he's going to um be close to like what elton jenkins was last year the way we brought him back how he wasn't put on the pup which is only four years now or four games now they changed that last year it used to be six yeah but i i think he'll make the initial roster maybe not play week one in chicago and then play week two i that would be my guess something like that and they'd probably limit sure. his snaps all that shit um preston smith lucas van ness Kingsley and Igbare, JJ and Igbare, Justin Hollins, who we did re-sign on another one-year deal, the mm -hmm. guy we signed or picked up off waivers from the Rams last yeah, year, who right. played pretty well. He had three and a half sacks. He played really like well. Eight games. Yeah, he was great. He was awesome. Um, the undrafted free agent, the probably the number one guy that'll be talked about, Brenton Cox Jr., who most recently played for Florida, was kicked off the football team. Before that, he played for Georgia, was kicked off the, that team as well, which... You know, a lot of people are saying, what do you have to do to get kicked out of Georgia and Florida? You know, like Florida had Aaron <laughs> Hernandez and people like that. Um, Ladarius Gunter or Ladarius Gunter, Ladarius Hamilton is back. He's been on the, you know, played like a handful of snaps the last two years for us. Kenneth, here we go. Udengumwe we'll go with. Uh, he's the rookie out of the country of Africa. He's the 6'6", 259 oh, guy who's the... part of the the international program or yeah. something. Apparently, he went to like a football camp. I believe it was in Africa. And yeah. JPP, was it JPP or who was the other? I don't OCU think Manira. it was. It was OCU Manira. OCU Manira um, had a football camp there. And I think he was part of this program. And he talked to um, Kenneth. And he was like, you're going to play outside linebacker. Or you're going to play like defense. Or DN, you know, edge rusher. Edge, edge rusher. And he's like, okay. And apparently he's still like, he's never played organized football. But so, he looks like if you've seen, they did a little thing on the international players during the draft. I think it was like a little snippet oh, yeah. where they showed a bunch of them and they showed him. Dude is like, has the frame. He's yeah. I'm looking at it here. He's six, six two sixty, And just like, but like lean. Mm -hmm. Once again, I mean, Brian Gutenkunst loves guys who are 6'6". You know, he just looks for those balls of clay. Mm -hmm. If they're undrafted guys, if they're the top end of the draft, like we saw this year, obviously, in the first round with uh, Hercules. Mm -hmm. But it'll be very interesting to see how he holds up. I I believe with this program, it it's something like maybe like a free roster spot. Like he you can redshirt him for a full year i i did not look into the rules for that but i believe it's something like that like he can stay on your team for a full year through this program and not count on the roster mm -hmm. so i don't know we'll see either way if you're going to have one of those random guys it doesn't hurt that he's 66 and you know 259 pounds can i just throw um, out somebody you didn't talk about i i'm still going through okay keep going, going through. keep going keep <sighs> going well, there's Keyshawn Banks, the undrafted free agent out of San Diego State. This 
group is so deep, I doubt he's he has much of a chance to right. make a name for himself. And then there's Jonathan Garvin. Is that who you want to talk about? No, it's not. Okay, well, John. So Jonathan Garvin, we got I I can't remember if we talked about him last time too. So he has one and a half sacks in his career. You know, JJ had three last year, and we, like we just said, Justin Hollins had three and a half. And this dude, he was a seventh round pick out of Miami a few years ago. I think mm-hmm. this is his. Yeah, this will be his fourth year. He didn't show up to OTAs. Oh. <laughs> didn't show up to OTAs. And then he didn't show up to the first practice of minicamp. And apparently had he had an excused absence. Matt LaFleur said everyone was either there or was excused. So he okay. was in like one minicamp practice, one or two minicamp practices. And it's like, you're a seventh round pick. You haven't been very good. And you're not showing up for work <laughs> like it's just yeah it was, it was very interesting to see that and hopefully whatever issues yeah, I, he had to say you wonder if something for. bad is going on or something Ho- but but he, but he's never yeah i hopefully not but either way like he's always been just a guy but um who did you want to talk about i know i well, think I, I mentioned van ness briefly. i don't think you talked about kingsley anymore oh, I, I, I did you mention by, him? No, okay. I said Kingsley and JJ. Okay. I'm excited for Kingsley and Ibarre just because like last year we saw him, he's got all the moves, right? And like, as yeah. I mean, that was, was last year his rookie year? Yes. So I think that I would, I would love to see like, as a guy who seemed like he just had like all the tools in the toolbox, like be able to kind of like, Hey, another year, get a little bigger, get a little stronger, See yep. if you can put it together on the field. I, there's a ton of competition out there, so I worry a little bit. He's going to get buried in the depth chart. Well, like, this is an exciting position. It's just one of those guys that I'm looking at as like a little bit of like maybe under the radar, but could kind of like pop up in certain situations, like a good third down rusher. Like he's fun to watch. Yeah, it's funny. I think someone else called him an underrated guy or overlooked guy, like Nagler, someone recently. But yes. Um... You know, I think like we said, if if Rashawn Gary was as refined as JJ is when he was going into his second year, like Rashawn would have been a monster. That JJ might have more moves right now than Rashawn yeah. does currently, just because you know he's more of a technician. When Rashawn's always been a very raw, you know, kind of more yeah. run stuffing guy as well. And obviously, like you got a guy like Rashawn who's got all. I mean, he is just gifted with. He's freakishly strong, fast, all the gifts. Yes, he's, he's a stud, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's Kingsley's going to be fun to watch. So I hope he gets. I hope he gets some some shots. Yes. Um. Yeah. Me too. I feel like we'll see him. And you know, you're talking about getting lost in the mix. The mix of Rashawn Gary being hurt and probably not starting training camp practicing, right. and Lucas Van Ness, who was running with the third team, I believe, during mini camp. Yep. JJ will get those starter snaps. To start That's true. Camp. Early on, so he's going to get his, yeah. uh, plenty of opportunities. That's a good point. And just to talk about depth here, I know we've talked about these guys for a bit, but the depth on this year's team at the outside linebacker position has got to be probably the best that I can really remember. So just last year, if you just look back to last year, the depth we had, it was Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, JJ, Tippinalier, and Jonathan Garvin. You know, so JJ was the third guy then, and the fourth guy was Tippa. I look back, the... Uh, the 2017 and the 2018 season. Okay, think yep. back then. That was Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Kyler Fackrell, and then over those years, a mix of Amon Brooks, Vince Beagle, and Reggie Gilbert. So you're just looking. If wow, 
just looking at the group, if you include Rashawn Gary, like so maybe you throw him out, it's Preston, Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley Anagbari, and Justin Hollins. Like right there, that's four guys that are far superior. That you're looking at the fourth mm-hmm. guy there. If it's Justin Hollins, or that, can, JJ that legitimately can rush the passer. <laughs> like and, Justin Hollins can rush the passer. And you're comparing them to when we had Amon Brooks and Jonathan Garvin, you know, actually on the team in Tipinale. Like it's just such a deep position. If we didn't have Joe Barry as our defensive coordinator, it'd be a lot more fun. But yeah. nice to have that mix of different athletes that you can actually. Mm-hmm. It'll. It'll be very interesting to see how much we move around Quay and maybe Rashawn or someone if we actually start some of that creative shit for once in Joe Barry's tenure. Um. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Moving on. Defensive line. Obviously, Kenny Clark. Um, pretty much the only real proven guy at uh, on the defensive line on this team currently. Uh, TJ Slayton. Devonta Wyatt, the first round pick from last year, didn't play much until the end. Kobe Wooden, the fourth rounder from Auburn this year. Carl Brooks, the sixth rounder out of Bowling Green. We have Jonathan Ford, who was the seventh round pick out of Miami last year, who was on the roster the entire season and didn't play a single game. Um, Chris Slayton, who was pretty good last year in training camp and preseason. He had quite a few sacks, him and a uh, the trash can full of dirt, who I believe signed with the Saints this offseason. Uh, oh. What was his name? God, why can't I remember his name out of Iowa? God, I can see his face and his yeah, jagged teeth, too. God, I'll remember. A um, couple other guys, uh, Jason Luan, an undrafted guy, and Antonio Mor- Mold- Moultrie. I don't know. Another undrafted guy, but a lot of decent competition there. Um, here's a, Here we go. A, uh, a small little is Kyle an idiot question here, Todd. How old is Kenny Clark, and how many years has he played in the league? Well, the the unfortunate thing for you is that I have the roster up, and I mm-hmm. am looking at it. Ah, okay. <laughs> so that, that I know it... he's twenty seven. He's been playing this be his eighth season. Yeah, fucking but, nuts. But that is insane. I and, and to be honest, I would not have guessed that. Had I knew he was young, but you look at the going into your eighth season at twenty seven. Yeah is insane like, i mean I, I i knew he was 27 but to see 27 next to right. eight is and you knew he started young too but it still just doesn't make sense looking yes. at those two numbers next to each That's other the thing is that like yeah he's been playing since he was like what 19 like holy yeah crap. literally he was drafted when he was 19 it's but insane. Uh, was that a randall cobb thing too yeah i remember he was like the first player drafted from the 90s yeah. he he was young he wasn't super young it was okay. just the timing that he was the first in that player draft, who played he was yeah yeah born in the 90s and then he played week one and scored a touchdown so or you know opening kickoff for that season after the packers won the super bowl yep yeah so it was after he won the super bowl um yeah another kind of interesting group after dean lowry and jaron reed left last year it's a pretty big year for jerry montgomery the defensive line coach who i think he's always had a pretty good reputation he is a, one of the holdovers from mike mccarthy's staff um and he 
I believe he was he might have been offered like the defensive coordinator position at Texas A&M or some decent role there and McCarthy convinced him to stay with the Packers don't quote me on it but that's directionally correct I believe anyways he hasn't done a great job the last few years developing anyone outside of Kenny and now I kind of wonder you know one of the things you kind of question the roster building here from Goody because obviously uh, Packers have been very bad at stopping the run the last few years. And one way you can improve that is by having good defensive linemen. Mm. Well, we did finally move on from Dean Lowry, who was coined to be a like decent uh, run stuffer, but he was always terrible. Um, but him and Jaron Reed leaving, being replaced with Wooden Brooks and Ford, one can presume the seventh runner from last year didn't play, will play more this season. But you're still Dean Lowry was 295 pounds. Jaron Reed was 306. Um, Wooden is 273, and Brooks is 295. So you're you're switching out two guys there, yeah. and you're not really beefing up. I I know they're, you know, that's not everything, but right. they were kind of coined as more pass rushing defensive linemen. So maybe they have a lot of trust in Ford, who is a big fatty. He's 338 pounds, so he could be pretty big solid. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest here. I mean, you know, teach the own, but he is a big boy. It's you but... look good in '99 when you're 340. <laughs> yeah, yeah there truth. you go. It's it honestly like in Madden, he's probably getting a few extra points yeah. for wearing that number. No, that Beef is up that strength. Yeah, that is good luck. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the defensive line. I don't know if you have anything else, Todd. The only thing I have to add is Jack Heflin is the name that you were looking for. Yes. Trash can full of dirt. Yes. Jack I mean, you know, obviously Kenny's the star great to see tj slayton out there a little bit more so Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i'm excited there isn't anybody to to put out there instead of tj now so i think we we see more tj i I think he had some really good success in his opportunities and hope for the best i mean yes he's a quick off the ball and he's a big guy i mean i I think we're only improving over team lowry and even yeah, a trash God. can full of dirt. So remember, uh, Gerald Worthy. God, I thought he was going to be good. He was, I, I was, was going to be one of those... so good out of Michigan State. Yeah, he had like that spin move for a like nose tackle almost. And when he wanted to, he came off the ball faster than everybody else. Yes, but I don't know that he wanted to all that often. <laughs> well, is the he, problem. Well, he might have, but I don't. I don't know if he was strong enough because I that was back to like training camp tweets. That was a thing. Like it is unbelievable how quick he's off the line, and yeah. it's like if you don't have any push, like you know, I me or you could go out there, and if we're the quickest guy off the line, it's not really gonna make a make a difference. I mean, I guess, but he was a big boy. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was big, but he wasn't, you know, like our our big fatty. I guess uh, I don't know that he was necessarily like a nose nose, but like he got off the ball yes. quick and like. Watching his college tape was a lot of fun, and then it's like, yeah, just nothing yeah, ever happened. Yeah, it it's kind a, of fell apart. It's the yeah. story of training camp. Yeah, and I guess the only briefly, Devonta White. Hopefully, we see something out of him. He was the first round pick last year, and obviously, was better second half of the year when he was actually playing. But he isn't. He is an older player too. What is he? Is he already like twenty five or twenty six years old? Uh, he's twenty five. That's who yeah. I was. I apologize. I was not talking about TJ Slayton. I was talking about Devonte Wyatt. That's okay. My bad. I want okay, cool. to see more Devontae Wyatt on the field. He made a lot well, of good. his chances last year. Sorry. Okay. That's well, either way, about. you give compliments to both. So yeah, we're, both we're very we're guys. very high on the defensive line this year. Probably guys you'd want to have a beer with, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to the offense and starting at the offensive line. Um, starting things off, obviously, you got to talk about David Bakhtiari, um, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, Zach Tom, Josh Myers, and Yash Nyman. I think those are 
the names to really look out for how it shakes out for the starters. We have Caleb Jones, the undrafted guy out of Indiana, I believe, last year, who is 6'9". I don't Dude. Yes, he he is literally the largest player in Packers history. I believe he did he might have suited up once last year which would make him the is, largest player in Packers history. Is he one of the biggest guys in the league? He's got to be at he's 376. He's, he's got to be up there. Yeah, I wonder. There's probably a couple guys that 370. Size. Well, then we also have, I mean, running through. So Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, Sean Ryan, the third round pick last year. Rashid Walker, the seventh round pick last year out of Penn State, who people were really high on the tackle. Uh, Luke Tenuta, who we picked up in season last year. He's another gigantic man. He is 6'8". So just an inch shorter, but he's another, you know, just superhuman. And then there's uh, Chuck Filiga and Gene Delance. Filiga, I don't know. Both those guys have no chance. Felicia, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Fajita as good as I would have done. Thank you. Yes, but interesting group again. Um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of little things you pick up on. I consume way too much Packers content. More of the blogger guys are talking about the competition at right tackle between Yash Nyman and Zach Tom, but a lot of guys like um, I, Bill, I believe Bill Huber and Jason Wildy have talked about how they believe the real competition is going to be at center with Josh Myers and Zach Tom Nagler might've mentioned that's what I kind of feel like is, doesn't it just feel like a more, the perfect position for Zach Tom is center. I forgot to look at it. um, But I know Adam Stenovich last year um, said where he thought he was best. And I know it was either tackle or guard. And I believe he said guard, but either way, Goody, I believe has said that he's always viewed him as a center and I would just say the fact that he wears number 50 makes you think he should be, should be a, a, center. a center as well. <laughs> but I believe during during uh, OTAs and minicamp, they kind of rotated Yash and Tom at right tackle. But they always had Tom, if he wasn't starting at right tackle, at center on second team. And even Josh Myers was talking about how he knows it's a competition. And Matt has referred to it as a competition. And yeah. they don't do that. They don't say those things, you know, they wouldn't put that doubt into someone unless it actually was. Sure. Yeah. They're not going to go up publicly and just be like, hey, let's, right. let's put this guy in the So, spot. So I think it'll be a battle at center more so than right tackle. Yeah. You just look at it and he doesn't, I mean, he's not like, he's not like a tiny guy. Maybe the 50 makes him look even smaller, but Zach Tom just feels like a center, right? Like I, well, he he's. Just, He's a decent. He's got decent height. I, I don't just think don't he's think got he's long filled arms, out. Though, right? He doesn't have long I, arms. I think he does have long does arms. He really? I believe. I believe he's a Rask god. Yeah, oh, because I, really? I think he was. He was in the nines and all of that. Because that's why. Because draft Twitter really liked him before the Packers okay. drafted him. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's a he's not a small guy, three hundred pounds, six four. But I mean, okay. yeah. I don't know. He's. Uh, I just feel like him at it's great that he can play any position, which he proved kind of proved that last year that he can just kind of you can plug and play, yep. um, which is a huge value in itself. And so maybe even if he does win out the center job, maybe he's not playing center all that long anyway, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but when you look at like uh, he was pretty successful on a tackle, I think obviously you could make the the argument for him at guard really easily too. Um, mm-hmm. But you got Runyon too that it, you can plug in there, and Yash on the outside. It kind of makes sense for him to be the center. 
it, it was funny how everything shook out perfectly last year for Zach Tom. I mean, he should have started the season, obviously, instead of fucking Jake Hansen, who was out there. Very and, true. Uh, Royce Newman. But that kind of benefited him because he came in to replace Royce Newman. And we were like, oh, my God, anything is better than Royce. And then he was <laughs> even able to go outside and be the swing tackle during the season, too. So uh-huh. it, it's funny how Elton Jenkins seemed like such an aberration. And now... Zach Tom has came in and has almost done better. Like he's been more consistent at every position than like Elton struggled a little bit last year at right tackle. Albeit that might have been partly due to coming back to his injury. But uh, yeah, either way, God, maybe it was left tackle. Either way, nice to have those pieces on the offensive line. It's wild to me that we have guys that are so versatile. I know that's kind of a Packers thing. They look for that. Mm-hmm. But to be able to look for it and still actually succeed and find those guys that are versatile, those are two different things. I mean, it's kind of amazing. It's uh, and I posted this on Twitter yesterday. No one seemed to give a shit. But uh, Josh Myers, it's been interesting that he's going into his third year. He's always been listed as a center slash guard on the Packers website, and okay. I wonder if he does get you know pushed outside if there would be a competition at right guard with uh, with uh, John Runyon. But you saying there, and I thought of this the other day, because the big thing with um, Josh Myers is he was the first first or second center taken in that draft, but everyone, most most everyone, had Creed Humphrey oh. as, as the best center at the time the Packers were picking, and he was picked by the Chiefs with the next pick. And he's like an all pro. He's one of the best centers in the league. So I wonder if that versatility that they had with Myers, that he could also play guard and he played guard at Ohio State before switching to center. If that is what put him over the top over Creed Humphrey in that draft class. Yeah, it definitely could be because they do love their versatility. Right. But they also just love solid centers. We've had a really long history of just good centers, which is. Yeah, we. We really haven't had a shitty center. The worst one might have been Lucas Patrick, and he was just a fill-in guy and an undrafted dude. So how could you really be too mad? I'm trying at to, him? I kind of feel like Jeff Saturday. Jeff was, Saturday was the worst. He's probably the worst of our lifetime. Yeah, because we had like Scott Wells and Scott Wells was good. Mike Flanagan, I believe, played center. Yeah, God, okay. I'm so good. Okay, and then uh, fucking what's his name? Favre's buddy. Ah, God, Chimura. Frankie Winters. Frank Winters. There we ah, go. Okay. Got them all. Cut them wow. off. There we go. Amazing. Okay. Moving on, tight end. Another very interesting group. Luke Musgrave, one of the few guys. It's just him and uh Jared Jaren Jared Reed, um, the wide receiver who haven't signed their contracts yet. Uh Tucker Kraft, the third round pick out of South Dakota State. Josiah DeGuara going into his God, third, fourth year now. Tyler Davis. This will be his third year with the team. And then the undrafted guys, Justin Allen and Cameron McDonald, who wears number 40. So he might be kind of one of those hybrid type guys. But uh, either way, really interesting group. It's crazy how these pass catchers, and we'll talk about with the wideouts too, how young everyone is. Like Josiah DeGuara is the most senior group, or he's been with the team the longest. I think Tyler Davis has been in the league just as long. But just absurd. And to replace... Robert Tunyon, who was drafted by Ted, or not drafted, but brought in by Ted Thompson and Mercedes Lewis, who has played more seasons than anyone else at tight end right. in, in NFL history. 
and to have them be replaced by two rookies without any real veteran who have who's played their position in that room very very interesting it doesn't make sense to me why they didn't bring in uh big dog once again maybe they still will but it doesn't sound like it but uh either way interesting group overall yeah, definitely a lot of talent in that room with the addition of Musgrave and Kraft. And then, you know, you look at to, to be seen what Josiah DeGuara is. I don't think he's really had much of an opportunity to go out there and do he, anything. I mean, he, he has. He was but... absolutely one of Roger's whooping boys, but he seemed to be the run game seemed to be much better when Josiah DeGuara was on the field. Yeah. Yep. And so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, obviously he's going to maybe be out there a fair amount in the beginning of the season, but I would expect, you know, come halfway through the season, it's a lot of Tucker and Luke, you know, out there making plays. And I mean, to be seen, I think, was it, we were thinking Tucker was maybe more of a run blocker. Yes. Um, He's probably going to get more of the snaps at least early on, but we'll see. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's interesting having no going from having Mercedes to, I mean, you're now your, your veteran is, Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just it's a it's a big difference, but hopefully yeah. it'll be good. Yeah, I like that. That that <laughs> that is the best way to Listen, sum up the tight end position this year. I hopefully, love hopefully the they'll be Kraft good. and Luke Musgrave picks are super fun. I like I'm those two. I like those two guys too. I believe. God, I say I believe a lot on this fucking podcast. Um, the Packers did an interview with the two of them after they were drafted like a month or two ago. Yeah. And it it's like a buddy cop movie. Like tu- like Tucker Craft is kind of the idiot, like loose cannon. And then you got Luke Musgrave, who's kind of like, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And he's like a little nervous. And you could tell he always wants to do the right thing and stuff. <laughs> so I like those two guys to uh, offset each other, at least with the personnel. Like, I wonder if Luke's already like sick of being around Tucker. Like, okay, we don't have to have... 10 bush lights every night like we can just <laughs> cool it and you know hang out but yeah uh, i don't know funny. we'll see um sticking with the young pass catchers wide receiver again i'm saying it a billion times another very interesting group uh last year we did keep seven after training camp which is the most that i can really remember but uh the group this year christian watson romeo dubs obviously the two earlier draft picks from last year Jaden Reed, the second-round pick out of Michigan State. Uh, Samari Torre, the seventh-round pick from last year's class who played for Nebraska. Duntavian Wicks, the fifth-round pick out of uh, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Grant DeBose, who got was he out of Montana. He was that weird college, but a nice frame, another big dude. Charlotte? Uh, yeah. Oh, yep. Charlotte. There you go. He he like door dashed between football seasons when his previous football program like disintegrated or whatever. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Malik Heath, who was a big name that was popping up during OTAs and minicamp and undrafted dude who is catching everything. So we'll see if he continues that when pads come on. Bo Melton, who was a late round pick for the Seahawks last year, and we signed him off their practice squad, I believe, or he joined our practice squad last year. Jeff Cotton, who is the oldest receiver in this group. And then there's Jadakus Bonds and Deuce Watts, two guys who have no chance but have pretty cool names. Jadakus. <laughs> it's funny. Jeff, uh, what is it? Jeff Cotton, 26 years old, the veteran yeah. of the group, 
has one mm. year of experience. <laughs> right. That's it. It is crazy. So sticking with that, and this has been talked about in quite a bit, but people do not realize how young this group is. So oh, Bill, Bill, Bill Barnwall uh, did some digging into this, and this is off a few people wrote about it or talked about it. Um, but this is some quotes from Bill Huber's piece on it. In ranking the NFL's receiver, tight end, and running back core, ESPN Bill Barnwell noted that the Packers might have the least experienced passing game in NFL history. Based on the projections by ESPN's Mike Clay, the average age for Green Bay's receivers and tight ends is 23.4. Barnwell went back to the 1990 season and determined only the 2017 Cleveland Browns fielded a younger team. That team was led by 21-year-old quarterback... Deshaun Kaiser and had uh, wow. and I, I added this note they also had the rookie Danny Vitale Packers legend oh, the back of the 2019 super, season super back so that's the average that he looked up and I don't know if he was just talking starters or what that team also that Browns team that they're talking about in 2017 who they says the younger group I looked it up they had Kenny Britt on that team who was entering his ninth season and I don't know if you remember that 2017 team too. They went 0 and 16. So the Packers have a younger pass group, pass catching group than the 0 and 16 2017 Browns. And I kind of hinted at this before. It's a little tongue in cheek, but I think there's some truth in it. Maybe I I wonder. And this is conspiracy brain thing again. I wonder if Goody is kind of setting Matt LaFleur up for failure because he doesn't believe, I, I don't think he minds Matt all that much, but I don't think he believes in that coaching staff. You saw how bad, how the receivers really didn't come on strong last year. And Jason Vrabel was also the passing game coordinator for the team. His first year, he was a graduate. He was a um, position assistant coach in 2019. And now he was in charge of coordinating the Green Bay Packers offense in 2022 so matt kind of sticking with his guys so ha- not bringing in a big dog when you have that young tight end group and then not even having a wide receiver who has who is going into his third year in the nfl it is absolutely shocking that there isn't more veteran leadership here and i wonder if Goody's kind of like uh he knows it's going to fall apart i don't know but it's it's a very young <laughs> young but very talented group Who, who's even out there at this point i know d hop just signed with tennessee who's even out there at this point for veteran wide receivers i mean is there anybody yeah there's a couple guys got who is the uh uh landry i believe um no one good i mean no sure. one very good well, but it makes sense yeah and either way we'll see how it shakes out but Watson, Dobbs, Reed, I think are guarantees. Then there's Ture, Wicks, and DeBose. That's six right there. And that's not a guarantee. You know, that sixth guy, maybe it's Malik Heath, maybe it's Bo Melton, maybe it's Cotton. So realistically, you probably could sign a veteran to be there because um, you're probably going to keep six guys either way. And you had seven last year. So you could, you know, kind of taxi cab one of those guys and have them on your 53. But mm-hmm. either way, we'll see what happens with uh, with that group. It'll, I don't know. It's there's a lot of there's a very high ceiling and a lot of potential for disaster with that group. But we'll see in uh, training camp and the preseason games who shows up. Um, 
Yeah, and the other thing to think about too, you know, we are talking about the receiver group and how young they're and all that. I'm curious to see if we kind of change our personnel more this year on offense. Um, you know, I wonder how much 21 and 12 personnel will play with either two mm-hmm. tight ends or two running backs on the field at a time. So I looked it up a little bit. I was curious. Um, in 2018, when Matt LaFleur was with the Titans, only four teams ran less uh, position groups with three uh, wide receivers than the Tennessee Titans. So only four other sure. teams had less, you know, three wide groups. Last year, the Packers, there was 11 teams that ran it less than them. So I wondered, I'm curious Trending to see if that in that direction. Yeah, I wonder if it'll go back to what it was with the Titans more too, just with, you know, I think you feel better about your running backs than you do your wideouts. So we'll see if they kind of try to keep things tight and run the ball more rather than pass it like they would obviously with Aaron Rodgers on the team. Yeah, I would think the addition of Jaden Reed allows for that, you know, the three wide the three wideouts out there more often just with having maybe a, a true slot, um, which we haven't had an effective one in a while. Not that, I mean, Randall, yeah. R- Randall can catch the ball and he did nice last year, but I mean, really having a true slot, you want a speedy guy who can, who can move quick in the, yeah. in that under scenario. So yeah, I don't know. It'll, it's, it'll be interesting. I think that they have a lot of guys with a lot of talent on offense, but Man, there is nobody with any experience. And I would feel better about this group if, to be honest, just if we had Rodgers, you know, we know how hard he is on his guys, you mm-hmm. know, and I would feel better about having him there to kind of get everybody into shape yeah. and making sure everybody's on the same page. He's got his flaws too in the way that he doesn't throw to his young guys unless he trusts <laughs> right. them. But I mean, honestly, you, you at least, no one else, you at least felt like he was. At getting after everybody so it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens with jordan love in there and what the leadership looks like on offense because i mean you look down this roster and the entire offense there's one guy that starts with anything over a two and it's dave bakhtiari he's the <laughs> only guy in his 30s unless i'm missing something i'm pretty sure that's the only guy on this offense yeah in his 30s which is yeah. wild and then it's the only other old guys are preston's like 31 and pat o'donnell that's those are literally the old guys on the team. Yeah, you got yeah. Danny Eatling is like one of the senior guys on the team at Etling, 28. Etling, yes. Etling. God, he is that old too. God. He's uh Aaron he Jones a, also 28. Danny Etling and our new long snapper, I believe, are the two players on this team now who have oh. Super Bowl rings. Oh. One one with the Patriots. Fun. He was like on their practice squad or 53 or something. Um Last stat, too, about the, this group. If you combine all the uh, NFL receptions from the existing tight end and wide receiver group, you would have 88 uh, receptions in the NFL. Uh, or, sorry, you would have 135. Cooper Cup caught more than that in 2021 himself. Oh. So that just shows you how how, <laughs> how there's no experience with that group. Um, wow. Moving on, running back. Last year, we only kept two. I wonder if we'll do something similar this year, but Aaron Jones, A.G. Dillon, Tyler Goodson, the undrafted rookie last year out of Iowa, Patrick Taylor out of Memphis, I believe. This would be his third year with the team. Lou Nichols, who was the seventh-round pick, and uh, there's Emmanuel Wilson. He has no chance. And then there's a fullback named Henry Pearson, who has a pretty sweet mullet, I believe, and he looks like a crazy person. But uh, a lot of weird Appalachian year. State. Ooh, um, it'll 
once again, I keep saying an interesting year for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, both contract situations. A.J. Dillon's in the final year of his rookie deal, and Aaron Jones did restructure his deal. Everyone keeps saying, and I could be reading shit wrong, but that this is essentially his last year because next year he counts 17 or 18 million against the cap. Oh, wow. But when you when I look at that on Sport Track or over the cap, uh, 12 million of that is dead cap. So if you were to cut mm-hmm. him, he would still cut, he would still count Shoot. 12 million. So it's like you're not saving a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, you might as well pay the six million to have Aaron Jones play for you than have pay him, him twelve roster. million and not play for you. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then the battle for the third running back spot that that'll be big. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I think they'll probably do something similar as they did last year um, when they were waiting for Kylan Hill to get healthy, who they eventually cut anyways. But they'll probably stash Goodson and Patrick Taylor on the practice squad and kind of rotate them for those uh, game day call ups. Mm-hmm. But Goody loves his draft pick so much, and it sounds like Lou Nichols didn't have a great OTA and mini camp that he was pretty raw. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him on the fifty three. He doesn't play hardly at all this year, and then they rotate those other few guys on on from the uh, practice squad. But that's my very very early guess. But any thoughts on the running backs? I would love to see Lou make it in there as the number three guy, just because. I have my doubts about Aaron or not Aaron Jones. Don't have any doubts about Aaron Jones. I have my doubts about AJ Dillon, you know, just not being really a power guy. And yep. Lou is like, he's like a he's like a power guy. Like he's fun to watch run. And he, I think he would He he looks the most like Eddie Lacey. Yes. Eddie Lacey. And like he just like he just runs with a lot of power and like almost almost more like um what uh What's his name in Detroit? Uh, Williams. Uh, uh, what uh, Jamal. Jamal Williams runs like, where it's just like there's a lot of oh, power sure. there. Not necessarily like a huge guy. Like he's not Derrick Henry, but he just has a lot of power when he runs, and it's really fun to watch him just make a mm-hmm. cut and bowl somebody over, make a cut and hit the scene. I don't know. I, I like him a lot. He was fun to watch on his highlights and stuff from, was it Central mm-hmm. Michigan? So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my hope is that he makes it as a number three guy or keep three. Yeah, frankly, we we'll see keep one less wide out and keep an extra running back. Yeah, it would be interesting. I don't know. It's um, I wonder how good he is. I liked his tape. He looks exciting, but Goody hasn't been the best at drafting running backs. Dexter Williams wasn't very good. Yeah, I don't I right. don't think he drafted Devonte Mays, but he was very good or Trey something I could be misremembering. But a lot of misses, not a lot of misses, but some misses there. And then taking AJ Dillon in the second round, you know, AJ Dillon's fine, but you still use a second round pick on a yeah. average NFL running back, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to quarterback, we kept two last year: uh, Jordan Love, Sean Clifford, Danny Etling, and today or Tuesday, the Packers signed Alex Magoo. I'll say that's probably not how you say it, um, but he was the Maga. MVP. Maga, Maga. He was the MVP of the USFL and played with one Jace Sternberger, if you remember him, the third-round pick from a few years ago who was very, very bad in the NFL with us. I think he was only with us for two years. Didn't seem like he committed himself to being a professional football player and 
did not stick in the league. I'm a little surprised he hasn't been picked up because he had a very, very good uh, season in the UFL or uh, whatever, the USFL. I I thought he maybe at baller. one point. He's a baller. He might have led the league in touchdowns, if not And it's overall, like yards per end, reception. I, I think he leads yeah. the league to, I mean, not a huge league, granted, but mm-hmm. still, like, he's lighting it up. It's like he, like, he didn't quite have enough of the skill set for the NFL, but like, and you go like a tier down, and he's just right. like just good enough in at everything to just like I don't know. It's yeah. like every week I would see something about him on Twitter. Yeah, well, it was fun too because like he moves around quite a bit. He looks kind of like Kurt Banker because he's got that long hair and all that. But it'll, who knows? Maybe at Lang will be cut by the time you're even listening to this. I wouldn't be surprised if they just roll with three camp arms, but. That's about the only competition there. They, the NFL does have that new rule now for having an emergency quarterback. I I, I don't Explain remember it. if it, I'm not aware. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it is. I don't know if you can suit up an extra quarterback, as in if you keep three on your fifty-three, or if you have to, or if you can do it with someone from your practice squad. But I know they have something like that. It might just be for the playoffs too, so they're trying to avoid what happened to the Niners mm-hmm. uh, last year and then NFC Championship game. But I don't know another wrinkle there, so we'll see how they handle that new rule. But obviously, Jordan Love, we won't talk too much about him this episode. But uh, obviously. Pretty pretty big training camp for him. I, it'll be interesting to see how much he plays in the preseason because Matt LaFleur wasn't very committal on playing time for him. And obviously Rodgers didn't play hardly at sure. all, if at any, in the preseason the last few years. So we'll see. Um, Rodgers sent Sean Clifford a signed jersey and asked him how his locker was and told him to enjoy the city. So that was kind of funny. But uh, yeah. yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's a lot of question marks. I mean, there's one big one, Jordan Love, Agreed. and I don't know. We've talked about it enough here, too, I think, just in, I mean, I think we're all excited. Um, yeah. And it's going to be an interesting season, regardless of how it, it shakes out. Um, something we haven't been accustomed to, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, it, we'll, save, Jordan, we'll save Jordan Love talk for when we get balls deep in, into training camp. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, moving on, and the only the last group to talk about, one could argue the most important group, the special teams. Mm. Um, Anders Carlson, the fifth-round pick out of Auburn. Pat O'Donnell, our holdover from last year, who was halfway decent. We have uh, Daniel Whelan, who's another an undrafted punter. And then we have Matt Ortzcheck, Orzik, who... Orzik, who we signed, he won a Super Bowl with the Rams, so he's an actual veteran long snapper. And then we have a undrafted guy, uh, Broughton, who's going against him. So not a ton to talk about. Andres Carlson kicked pretty well during minicamp. He was five for six. He had one miss, which was, uh, God, I think it was 45 yards, but he did make one from 53, so that's pretty good. Um quote i believe matt said this he's got a, a lot of leg he's got a big time leg i think it's just kind of harnessing that power and making sure he's consistent so he's coming off that acl injury too from college so maybe if he gets healthy he could be pretty good obviously rich Basaccia worked with his brother for the raiders and kind of fixed him as a kicker so it'll be interesting to see if he's the carlson whisperer and the only <laughs> other thing is um Punting, I don't know if this is a real thing. Bill Huber wrote this. 
perhaps there's a competition at puncher as well. Mason Crosby's gone, so maybe you don't have to keep a holdover, a little more expensive punter in Pat O'Donnell. Um, Bill wrote this, veteran Pat O'Donnell uh, was going up against Dan Whelan, each had six punts. Whelan averaged 4.74 seconds of hang time. O'Donnell had 4.2. So quite a different there as far as hang times go. But uh, a few other things going to being a punter. But any thoughts on the specialist? I don't know enough about special teams. I mean, could we break down the long snapping maybe? No, let's not do that. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I said this last time. Not super impressed with like the stat lines coming out of college for Carlson. Um, just just plain bad. Um, doesn't make you feel super great, but I guess we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully, hopefully it does well. Um, and then yeah, I mean, okay, so you got Pat O'Donnell or or Waylon. I guess just let them battle it out and see. I mean, it's important to have a good punter, and a good, <laughs> good punter, you know, makes a difference sometimes. So yeah, whatever. I don't really have an, an opinion on either of them because I don't know anything about them, to be honest. So, Good. Very cool. Yes. Very important stuff. We'll see. I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised if they go either way, but we're, we're probably going to hang on to that once long snapper because we did give him some guaranteed money. So, Which one got the money? The guy who played from the <clears throat> for the Rams. Uh, Orzich? What was it? Orzich. 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 Yeah. Okay. Sure. Makes sense. As so, long as it's a spiral and it's not on the ground. Right? Is that the criteria? Is that what we're well, thinking? Well, yeah. Well, we had Corey uh, Bajorquez. He was a terrible, terrible holder, but he had those like, like banana punts and stuff. He had like a few different ones. Like they they'll punt it a, a certain way, so it, like spins the opposite direction. Sure, it's more likely to bounce off the punter. We're talking long shit. snapper though. Just oh. has to just spin. Ooh. Right, yes. and it's got to get there fast, <laughs> yeah. and it's got to get there at the right height. Yeah, sorry, you you made a joke, and we were trying to get away from the specialist, <laughs> and then I was like, no, 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 let's get back, bring into it back it. in. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's our full preview of training camp. You know, once again, the word is interesting. It is going to be interesting. So we'll see. Yeah. A lot of a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of unknowns, and we talked about it before too. It's just going to be. It's going to be a fun season, regardless of what happens, right? If it's a dumpster fire, it's going to be fun to watch, maybe, right? You can't look away. <laughs> oh, so, God. I, I don't know. We'll find I don't, out. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I don't think it's, it's out of the just... realm of possibilities. That <laughs> offense being so young, anything can happen. Right. Yeah, it'll be. It could be really good, yeah. too. I don't want to. I'm not trying to be, the, be a downer. Yeah. I mean, they could be really good. There's a lot of talent on this team. Um, Honestly. The the fl- the floor has never been lower, and the ceiling is comparable to like the ceiling the last few years. If they could put it all together, it's just this is there's no chance the of a Super Bowl team. Who's to say? Me, I'm saying it. There's if, no way. That's the thing. If if Jordan no Love, way. If Jordan Love comes out of nowhere, no. and he's that's but, not enough. I'm, but that's a possibility. If he if he comes out and he's Patrick Mahomes, even then there, if then there's absolutely in this NFC in this NFC. Yes. And if yes. he was Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Did you see the Niners in the in the NFC championship game last year? Joe Barry that? would be playing so far off the ball in the playoffs. <laughs> if we could have Patrick Mahomes. You could have tire you could have the whole gang out I, there. It wouldn't matter. I can, I can hear Joe Barry in the headset like 
I didn't. I didn't think we. I didn't think we'd get here. Get off. Get I, off. Thought, get five, I thought we'd be eight done yards, by eight yards off the line. I thought we'd be done by Christmas. I planned yeah. being in <laughs> California or Hawaii or something. Yeah. Um, moving on. Something I wanted to talk about that I had written down, and this was the perfect, perfect way to do it. Uh, Aaron Jones. A couple of weeks ago, he got a tattoo of the Green Bay Packers uh, G on his kneecap. So okay. He'll be wearing the G for life, obviously. Great guy. Um, I, I don't know about all his decision-making there, but, you know, more power to him. I like what would you get your your raising your brow? I, I just, yeah, decision-making. <laughs> I wouldn't even say bad decision, bad execution. Okay. Maybe yeah, on it's... the shape and the location <laughs> would maybe be my thing. Yeah, and, you... You would think your your kneecap skin it just moves out. a lot, right? Yeah. It's like in like, yeah. And and like maybe you would want to do it somewhere like you know if it were if you went to another team, <laughs> you wouldn't see it all the time. Well, he he just have to add another another logo right depends, next to it. Perhaps. Yeah, it depends who you go to. I guess you get the other. You got two knees, so you could do. You at <laughs> least got the first two teams covered. Yeah. You have two elbows. You could go oh, elbows next. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that's a tough decision because I would think you go kneecap and then you go around that kneecap still on oh, the leg. But if, just a... but if that's the thing, it's like, do you report that where if he signs with a different team, like he's like, this is it. He's all out of kneecaps. He's going to stick around here until he retires. He has to stay here. But imagine like if Frank Gore got a tattoo on a joint <laughs> every time he switched teams. Yeah. Jesus. It would yeah, be no, insane. Or Christine Michael just during the 2016 or 2017 season. (laughs) Three teams. But either way, the history of the G, I had known this story before and then I looked into it and getting more of the details, it's pretty funny because you look back in time, the G has not always been the Packers logo. It came during the Vince Lombardi era and here is, (laughs) here's here's the story behind it. It's pretty fucking funny. So here we go. After the Packers lost the NFL championship game, which was like the NFC championship game in 1960, Vince Lombardi wanted a new logo at the time. And a lot of people know this. Well, one, the Packers didn't have a logo on their helmet, but he was from New York and, you know, he kind of brought that attitude to Green Bay. But he said he wanted something simple that you remember, like the New York Yankees logo. And sure. Dave Dave Robinson, the old Packers defensive lineman or linebacker back from for the Lombardi years, he said Lombardi liked New York and the interlocking NY Yankees logo. Everyone knows the Yankees logo mm-hmm. Be- because he came from New York. So he wanted GB on the helmets and dad Robinson telling the story saying the equipment manager, his nickname is dad, said he didn't like it. Vince said, you don't like it. Get me something better. So he did. So dad, the equipment manager, um, who was the manager from 1956 to 76, who preferred a different look on the helmet and came up with that G that was in a football shape. So, (laughs) so Brasher, the equipment manager, who I don't know why this is in here. He was never married and had no children, but he picked up the nickname dad during his childhood somehow. Okay. Didn't need that in here, but, uh, Robinson telling the story here again. Vince said he didn't like that after he saw this guy's version of the logo. He said he liked the GB better, the one that he came up with. Robinson said, pointing out that Lombardi's often wore baseball caps with the interlocking GB, even after the G became the permanent look for the Packers. But he said, let's put it up to the coaches. So 
Lombardi had this the GB logo yeah. interlocking. And then, you know, the equipment manager, Dad, had the Packers G in the football shape. Yep. So Lombardi said, let's put it up to the coaches. They all voted on the G that Dad made. So Lombardi agreed for the one-year trial trial for that as the logo. They won the championship in uh, 1961, so they kept the helmet on the logo. But what's funny about this, and I mentioned this back in the day, I think the first year we did this in 2019, um, Lombardi was such a stubborn son of a bitch, and I said it back then. He died from uh, pain, patriot, uh, not, uh, pancreatic cancer or whatever. He didn't. Uh, he didn't want to have a uh, what exam do you get in your forties? Colonoscopy. Well, when they stick the finger up your butt. A pre well prostate exam. Sorry, he died from prostate cancer. So he didn't want the doctor to put his finger up his butt. And he got prostate cancer, and he died from it. So he's a very stubborn guy. He lost this contest. If you look up Vince Lombardi wearing a baseball cap, he never wore that logo. He only wore the GB. The G- he only ever wore the GB because he didn't want to admit defeat. So you, <laughs> you you cannot find a picture of him wearing a Packer hat with the G. Give on me it. that. I want Matt Lafleur to come up with his own dumb logo oh, and wear God, it no. forever. <laughs> Be like you guys all suck. This is the best logo. Like that's what I want my football coach. That's how I want him to act. I want him to be like, well, this is the logo everybody else picked. This is the best logo for the team. We, we have like two bad years in a row. Everyone's still like, Matt, you're too soft. You're too soft. So then he changes the logo. He's like, that's it. Everyone's doing this, and it's too little, too late. He's just an asshole. That last year, well, they're still terrible, and then they fire him. But um, oh. yeah, so there you go. A little. Little history lesson. That is cool. I'll have to look right up there. that. I, I didn't ever notice. I never noticed that if he, well, because mm-hmm. he doesn't really, I don't feel like there's a ton of pictures of Lombardi with a baseball cap on. Just, but I guess practice. I never did notice that he wore the GB, but I, I've seen the GB yep. logo before. It does resemble like the Yankees. I mean, I yep. can see where he got the idea from. So, yep. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So, if anyone finds a picture of Lombardi wearing a uh, hat with the G, just the G send it in, but I don't, I couldn't find anything. And I remember seeing that before too. So, but yeah, there you go. Um, it's about it for the episode. Oh, we had a good, good episode there. That's a lot of content for during this dead time of the off season. Um, one other thing to talk about though, you know, final thoughts. Once again, we have to talk about them. The jets, which was officially announced this week or last week will be on hard knocks. Apparently Mm. they're going to push back on some of the stuff and, they won't have cameras in when they cut guys or something. That's what Schefter was saying. I wasn't sure if that's true or not. But why? It's kind of like the deal. The, the the quote was that it's too inhumane to show guys getting cut, and it's like you're not fucking torturing these people. They're losing their job. Like I understand it's a little personal, and I wouldn't want that either. But it's like, come on. You know, now, come on. Tell me really quick what the minimum contract is when you get signed into the NFL. I would say just look at Jack Coco last year. I, I, I would say it's probably close to that. Seven. If you're actually on the 53, yeah, probably close to seven. So you sign a contract <laughs> for $700,000, and the worst thing that has to happen to you is you get fired on TV. Well, but I don't know if that's always the case because a lot of the time they show, you know, they build up these undrafted guys who probably made like five grand obviously i mean whatever but 
maybe you have more of an argument there. You know that it's five grand. They make way more than that. Not always. No, you could you could look it up. There's some undrafted guys like All right, these well, guys. I you, think they to cut give me down five grand, like... you can fire me on national television. <laughs> Art Knox suppose. is even on national television. Yeah, there you go. Only the rich, the richies are able to. And, Calling well, it inhumane is a little dramatic. Inhumane is like leaving your dog in the car with the windows up. This is just like it's a little yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, just say we don't wanna. You don't have to say That's like you're. We all know you statement. got fired anyway. It's not like we're like. What's we'll see the tweets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was sad. What do you know? He was oh. upset. Oh, oh no. his dreams over. Oh no, he wasn't excited about that. Nobody would know that if it wasn't on TV. Everyone <laughs> right. be like, "Well, we don't know what happened to yeah. him. He went to the NFL well, and he never came back." It does bring me back, and I forgot the dude's name. Man, what a what a head case he must have been. Sorry to him if he's listening. But there was that cornerback. Yeah, he probably is. The hard knocks where it was the Colts, and um, they had him on film when they traded him god i wish i remembered his name but they traded him and they brought him into the gm's office and they're like hey we're trading you to miami i think or somewhere and he was and his first thing the first thing he says can i call my grandma and he's like well hold on we gotta you gotta do some paperwork here first but the first thing is like can i call my grandma is Vontae davis yes Vontae davis and he's the same dude who retired at halftime with the bills i think a couple years ago literally just walked out (laughs) so he uh obviously an interesting person did you say i was i was googling who it was while you were talking a little bit did you say who fired him uh it was the colt oh was it joe philbin it was joe philbin oh okay so okay that's what it was i'm not watching it right now but when you google it it's joe philbin giving like a (laughs) Ooh, face like ooh, I don't know. You are very good, huh? God, yes. Maybe it was was, maybe so they traded him to the Colts from the Dolphins. That's what it was. Yes. Yep. Okay. Funny. I mean, not funny. I guess. I guess when if guys are like really sad, that feels a little more inhumane. Because I'm looking at like Vontae Davis looks really sad in this little clip here. Yeah, um, I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, maybe that is that but does it was, suck. A it was weird bit. too because he didn't get cut; he got traded. He was just he. He just he looks sad, like yeah. in the in the little clip here. Anyways, okay, yeah, I'm maybe but... maybe it's okay that we don't film them having their dreams crushed. Sure. I'm coming yes. around to that idea. Just looking at the at Vontae Davis's face. So, so do you think you will? try to or will you be watching hard knocks to see a green green bay east 2.0 i know the browns were back in like 2018 maybe but obviously rogers lazard cobb um uh who was the uh, what can i think of his name the tackle not uh billy turner uh and adrian amos are all over there obviously hackett will you be watching i think i think yes i think normally i wouldn't watch it um just on a regular season, I didn't watch a whole heck of a lot of those. Years, yeah. yeah, they're not, they're okay. I think it's more interesting if you like, obviously, if it's your team or if you, even if you're in the division, I think it's a little bit more interesting. But yeah, I just, it has not been interesting. But I think, yeah, this year, I think I probably will watch. I mean, obviously, to see, I really think it's going to be interesting to see Aaron Rodgers. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, there's going to be plenty of cameras on him, so we'll get plenty of good sound bites and stuff like that. So it'd be, be fun. And it's just been slow. I feel like yeah. it's been more slow than normal. Um, maybe we say this every year, but it's just been slow. So I think, yeah, I'm ready for some football. Yeah. Yep. Just a week away from training camp. We're like, uh, God, 
what is it? It's like 50 some days away now until uh, kickoff, opening game kickoff. So with that, uh, leave a review if you want, leave a rating. Uh, if you leave a review, take a screenshot, you can DM it to us on Twitter, PMP Pod. You can follow us there too, and you can see our just fucking, you know, fire flames tweets all the time. Mm-hmm. Or you can email us at pmppodcast at gmail.com, and we will send you a free koozie with our logo on it bada bing bada boom Todd anything else I don't have anything else okay well if you don't have anything else then Eric Koskinen please don't sue us I quit my job yeah it just won't pay I worked all year I worked all month and then they took my money Cigarettes